This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on this edition of Sunday Focus, we'll be talking to Corey Clausen and Brianna Welker from Red Arbor Tattoos, along with Dr. and Professor Sage Camellis from the University of South Dakota about tattoos and our health. Tattoos have been part of cultures for thousands of years. It can represent your heritage or a memory. Tattoos are an expressive form of art. But did you know that some people actually can feel sick or might experience flu-like symptoms after getting a tattoo? I never even thought about connecting these two topics together until I met Corey and Brianna from Red Arbor Tattoo. With the help of Dr. and Professor Sage and her students from the University of South Dakota, they're collecting data to see if tattoos really can affect our health. More information about the study and how you can get involved can be found at redarbortattoo.com. Hey, good morning, guys. Hi, good morning. morning. Thanks for having us. Hi. Great to have you guys here in the studio. This is a topic I never thought that we'd be talking about on here, but here we are. It's about tattoos and your health, and you guys, from my understanding, have been doing extensive research on this so far. But before we get into all that, let's hear a little bit about you guys. So, Corey, Brianna, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? So, hi. My name's Corey Clausen. I'm owner and artist at Red Arbor Tattoo. We got two locations. So we got a location by 69th and Western. Uh, Ryan Teason's running that shop. He's an awesome artist as well. And then we just opened up a shop in T right on the main drag there. And that's doing amazing. And here's Bree. Thank you. You almost hit me with the mic. <laughs> We're friendly here. Don't right, worry. Right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brianna. I am actually the marketing slash scheduling coordinator or manager. I can't really remember what title we're coming up with. That but. works. <laughs> Everything. No, so I, I, I've coined myself as a marketing manager. Um, but basically my job and how I'm involved in this is clients come in to Red Arbor and I actually present the survey to them. I give them this high-level overview, thanks to notes from Sage. <laughs> and I just go over the tattoo health study, and I um, talk to them about it and try to get them to participate in the health study. Also, part of my job is I run the schedule for the tattoo artists at that location, which is really cool. T has picked up a lot. We've been doing some events and some promotions out there, and the community out in T is amazing, and it's grown a lot. It's awesome out there. So the second location is going really well for, oh, yeah. so far, to say the least. For sure. Any weird tattoo requests yet? Every day. <laughs> a lot of the requests seem weird at first, but then once you talk to the person, go through a consult and figure it out, they're not as weird as they first sound. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> yep. Uh, like Sage here, I love no. I love your pumpkin. So. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right. Hold on, that's gonna sound weird to someone listening. Um, <laughs> um, explain the pumpkin. Let me explain Sage. the pumpkin. Yes. Oh wow. Okay, so um, and Corey is by the way not responsible for this. Um, another artist, um, uh, Solomon, over at um, Atomic Roback in um, in Sioux Falls, is responsible. Um, I have a tattoo on my inner um, ankle that is a pumpkin with high heels and I love her and um, she's a floozy pumpkin she is not she <laughs> she is living her best life and she brings me joy and my students seem to like it too but anyway yeah so no that that was a that was a little bit of a different request that was nothing deeply symbolic just something for fun and uh, as a side note so our 
location in Sioux Falls. Uh, right. It's currently Red Arbor, but we're transitioning the name of that to Atomic Robot Tattoo. Oh. Yep. Uh, apparently, two tattoo shops with the same name gets confusing for people. Breaking news. <laughs> yep. So we're so Ryan's on top of that one, getting that going, and it's going to be a specialty shop. So it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, awesome. So now let's bring in Dr. and Professor Sage. She is with the University of South Dakota. And let's just hear a little bit about you, Sage. Go for it. Sure, thanks. Yeah, I'm a um, professor of anthropology at the University of South Dakota. Um, I, I joined the faculty there in the fall of 2019, um, two days after I defended my PhD. Um, so I defended, got in the car with my, my cat and my plants, and <laughs> drove across the country. Um, and I've, I've I've been here for the past four years. It's been a really interesting four years um, because, like, you start in 19, but then pandemic hits and what is normal. Um, <laughs> but um, I've really enjoyed uh, working here. My students are amazing. I really enjoy my colleagues and the community. But um, anyway, that's that's kind of like the personal narrative of mm-hmm. it. Um, in terms of my professional background. So I have um, an undergraduate degree from a tiny private liberal arts college in New Hampshire, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, where I specialized in archaeology, but realized very quickly that I'm not interested in ceramics or in necessarily material remains per se, but I'm really interested in in humans mm-hmm. and understanding how biology and culture can impact human health and lived experiences from those of us who are not kings and queens and don't have a lot of written records. I'm not a queen. No. (laughs) What do you mean? I mean, deep down, I know you are, but (laughs) we all are. But so really what I'm very interested in is understanding, you know, the the lives and the health and the well-being of people like you and me. Um, And so that's because that's most of us, right? And, And so after my undergraduate degree, I got a master's of science in forensic anthropology at the at Boston University School of Medicine, because I thought, well, forensics deals with human remains and solving crimes and, and all of that. And it was a really big deal at the time. And I'm really very grateful for that experience. But I learned very quickly, I'm not very interested in soft tissue. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and which, again, weird now that I'm dealing with tattoos. But, um, but in that experience, my, my then advisor, Dr. John Bethard, who is now in Florida, Um, He and I got together and started talking about what I'm interested in, and he realized that, you know, you really have an interest in something called paleopathology. And what that is, is that's a study of understanding disease and disease processes from bone, Uh, because after hundreds of years, there's no squishy bits left. There's a lot of bone. And it turns out that there are suites of diseases and trauma and maladies that can affect the skeleton. And so what I do is I look at tens and hundreds of, of skeletons to reconstruct those disease processes like epidemics, for example. And so my master's work um, took place in, in Denmark, where I was really interested in understanding the relationship between a disease called Hansen's disease, or maybe what many people call leprosy, that mainly affects the soft tissue, but also bone in a really interesting way. And understanding how did this disease, which was a major epidemic during the medieval era um, in most of Europe, but no longer is today, how did that affect people's health? Like people, depending on their age, you know, how does this affect young people versus, say, older people, men, women, people of high status versus, say, low status? And what does that mean for the overall population level processes of the disease. If this sounds familiar, by the way, <laughs> um, it's, it's, um, this is the same kind of epidemic process that someone like 
um, my sister-in-law, who's actually an epidemiologist, we get together and talk about a lot of things over Thanksgiving um, <laughs> because she also studies tuberculosis. That's another mm. disease that I've studied. Um, she also deals with other kinds of diseases. Um, and basically what we do is we look at populations. So I also have um, a dual title degree from Penn State for my PhD in anthropology and demography, meaning that I'm really interested in populations and diseases. And so much of my work up until recently has dealt with reconstructing epidemics from the medieval period, including leprosy, tuberculosis, and the Black Death, um, and even historical epidemics uh, recently with a colleague of mine, Dr. Taylor Van Doren, on the 1918 flu in Newfoundland, um, and a few other important diseases with other colleagues. And so... What I'm doing now um, is very different because I've started working on um, on tattooing and health because what, as a tattooed person and as someone who's had kind of weird symptoms after getting a tattoo, it's occurred to me that maybe some of the things in health that affect people in the past affect people now. So actually, as a species, we've been getting tattooed for over 5,000 years. And so this kind of connects my interest in health in the past to modern people now. Wow, I, I feel the mind power, the strong brain power. Sorry. No, no, I'm very interested. And actually, when I was researching you about your time in Denmark, what did you do with like the medieval remains? What's that process like? Oh, that's that's a good question. I probably should have talked about that. Um, <laughs> so I'm really lucky to work um, with experts at the University of Southern Denmark, uh, Jesper Boltzen and uh, Dorda Danvard Peterson and, and others, where they have a very large collection collection of individuals um, from the Iron Age or the Viking Age um, up through the early modern period. So think like 10th century to like 17th century, mm -hmm. many hundreds of years. Um, and, and in Denmark, they have these massive projects where cemeteries are excavated on farming land or in major projects in urban spaces, and those remains are curated through the university. And so through my partnerships with them, I go over there and I analyze those individuals to take in an inventory of, of the burial, of the person's age, so how old were they when they died, um, what kinds of markers are indicative of their disease experience, um, possibly um, where they land on the spectrum of, of sex. So like, are they expressing characteristics that are more masculine or more feminine? Most of us are somewhere in the middle. Um, but also things like trauma experience. So did this person have trauma that happened to them before they died, around the time of death, and also what kinds of things happened afterwards? And so I collect those data and then do some really interesting statistical analyses as well as qualitative work to see, okay, did this person have this disease before they died? And when you pull that all together, you can kind of compare those experiences. So in one of my papers with a colleague of mine, Dr. Sharon DeWitt, she's the premier expert on the Black Death. Um, we were interested in looking at disease experience in Denmark during the Black Death and comparing people who lived in urban spaces versus, say, rural spaces. Mm -hmm. A big question that we've had during um, recent pandemic years is, like, how do people who live in cities fare versus, say, those that live in rural spaces? Um, and I can always, you know, share the paper, but the too long didn't read version of it is, is that some of the patterns that we see in Denmark are very similar to those that happened in Great Britain during that time. And that urbanization may play a major part in how people are affected by diseases. Um, so that's kind of a more aggregated experience, but that's the kind of work that I do. Yeah, if you are just listening right now, we have Corey and Brianna from Red Arbor Tattoos and also Professor Sage from the University of South Dakota talking about tattoos 
and your health. Now, I met Corey and Brianna not too long ago when we were talking about the second location for Red Arbor. And then somehow we got to talking about tattoos and our health. How did this thought even cross your mind about doing this type of research? So I've got a degree in arts and science from SDSU. And I think I've nailed the art side of things as far as getting to do it for a living. I've noticed, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as I'm sitting here just doodling, uh, which I'm far more visual than verbal. So I could just draw pictures to any answers if you want to just explain the picture. <laughs> you can just describe it to people. I'm at Sage here and we're talking and she's got the science stuff nailed. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so then we just kind of started talking and she is full of ideas. The story is kind of silly, actually. Um, so I became a client of um, of Red Arbor, what feels like a thousand years ago now, but it's really only a couple um, because I really I'm, I'm an inked person and I like getting tattoos. Um, and I was getting a rather large piece done, and I had these really great conversations with with the artists and with Corey. And then I left to go home. So I'm in Vermilion, about 45 minutes away from Sioux Falls, and about halfway home, I started feeling gross. I mean, like kind of fluey, like symptoms. I felt tired and shaky. My joints hurt. Um, I swear I'm only 34. And, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I didn't, I didn't feel great. And, and I got home and I crawled. This was also like in March. And so I crawled under our, our comforters and getting really cozy and I still felt terrible. And I, I was looking at my partner and this was back in 2020 or 2021. Again, who, who knows how years work anymore. And um, I'm looking at my partner. I'm like, oh, God, I've got it. I've got COVID. This has happened. And he was like, no, you just have something called tattoo flu. And I looked at him and I said, what the heck is that? And he, uh, my partner, um, um, is in IT. He's not a health specialist at all, but he felt pretty happy knowing <laughs> that he could... He had something over you. He, he, well, he very frequently does. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, of course, in, in my rage and in my fury of feeling not like, you know, like a strong 30-something-year-old, I am buried under blankets with my laptop up to my neck, furiously typing. Um, what the heck is this tattoo flu thing? And, um, and of course, so I went through Google Scholar and all the appropriate Google search engines. Mm-hmm. And uh, turns out at the time, there really wasn't much out there in terms of peer-reviewed literature. So there wasn't any real good clinical data or anything that, you know, anyone in in the arts and sciences and through that kind of peer-reviewed areas is publishing anything, which was kind of curious to me. However, among tattoo artists and tattoo client communities, people had been sort of talking about this concept of tattoo flu, which basically means is that after a tattoo, you know, you kind of get these crummy, asymptomatic, you know, symptoms that to someone who has a little bit of a health background sound to me like an acute immune response because your skin is your first line of defense against all kinds of health problems, including like you know, harmful bacteria and viruses, um, cuts, bruises, all of that. So your skin is going to be your main defender. And when you're getting a tattoo, you are getting a lot of trauma inflicted to your body. It's beautiful trauma. It's still trauma. <laughs> and and so that leads to some kind of immune response. We don't really know what that means. Is it like certain chemical reactions? You know, how come I experienced this? And I've had tattoos before, so this is weird. What's going on here? And so I went back for my follow-up appointment, and I mentioned all this to Corey, and Corey's response was... I don't even remember. I think I said I hate... Can we get a grant for this? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think that was definitely a part of it. Uh, But I think my first thought was, 
Tattoo flu? I've never heard of that. I don't even like the name of that. But overall, just the, the, the health effects of tattooing, there, there's almost no documents on it. And so, yeah, I was very interested in grants because you were talking about grants going to Denmark. I was like, well, what can we get for tattooing? <laughs> it's, it's fun. So, you know, we had chatted about it. Um, and this was right before I was about to go to a major um, conference meeting in, in Denver with a bunch of people mm-hmm. who I know there who are also anthropologists who study all kinds of health aspects and are also nerdy like me. Corey and I had kind of chatted about it. And I said, you know, maybe we can do something with this if you're interested. And, you know, let me go talk to some people I know. So uh, while I was at this this conference, um, um, and I also brought some some fantastic students with me, um, Carmela McManus and Kira Wildey, who are now in grad school, and I miss them terribly. Good job, girls. Um, but Christopher Lind, who's a anthropologist mm-hmm. through the University of Alabama, is also a premier uh, researcher on tattooing. He has been working for some years looking at the relationship between immunity and tattooing. What he has found in his recent years, and he works with uh, traditional communities in Samoa and their traditional tattooing techniques, Mm -hmm. to look at the relationship between immunity and tattooing. And so um, some of his findings have indicated that having a history of being tattooed might, in fact, affect your immune response in, in a, potentially in a positive way. And so I knew about his work through another colleague of mine, Kara uh, Akabak. She's um, another fantastic researcher at the university, uh, sorry, Notre Dame University. Um, and I met up with Chris and I spun him my idea and he said, that's really interesting. We should do something about it. And he called over another friend, uh, Eric Shattuck, who's a researcher who's now at Florida State University. And he also studies um, health in a really interesting way. Um, and he's just a real fun guy to work with. And so the three of us got together and started talking about maybe involving a large project with tattoo artists and our students to do interviewing and um, data collection to look at various demographic factors like age, sex, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, health factors, so like health histories, things about addiction, um, mm-hmm. which led us to have um, Dr. Jessica uh, Perot involved. She's also at Texas State University um, to create this really kind of interesting and amazing, fun team of people to look at how do the effects of t- how does tattooing, this long-term artistic expression that we've had since the Bronze Age, if not before, mm-hmm. that's been practiced all around the world in various ways, affect human health. And so that's kind of how this brainchild developed. And mm-hmm. now I have students going into tattoo shops and interviewing people and learning how the industry works. Um, and we are trying our best <laughs> to um, kind of get a sense of like, what are the what are the ways that tattooing affects us in terms of our physical health, but also mental health. And that's kind of been it's been a fun journey. So I really appreciated um, them letting me into their world. Brianna, when you are with Red Arbor, to remind people, by the way, do you also ask questions of your customers saying, you know, how do you feel before versus how do you feel after the tattoo? Basically how the process works. Um, you can participate in this study if you obviously if you have a tattoo appointment with Red Arbor or with our sister Atomic Robot. Otherwise, there's one out west dark, too. Dark wave. Um, dark wave as well. So when you do go in for your tattoo appointment, um, you can either ask about it. But typically what I do is I prevent the survey. We have two QR codes. So you'll come in, you'll scan the first QR code. I give you that spiel, that high-level overview that Sage has done. (laughs) 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 Pretty much what I do is I educate you a little bit, ask you if you want to participate in this health study. You scan a QR code, and that's where those questions come in that Sage and her students and other professors have formulated. And then there's also a QR code that you scan as you're checking out to 
answer more questions after the fact of how do you feel, things like that. Um, you know, just speaking on it, because Sage, she's talking about her experience and we're both inked women. <laughs> and, you know, it's just so funny how the experience is so different from for her. She felt ill and I'm cool as a cucumber. I don't feel ill. But yeah, I've also had clients, too. Um, there's actually a client of Corey's. And this particular client, the first session on this big back piece that they have, they actually, once they got to leave, once it was done, I don't know how long they sat. I want to say it was four hours plus. When they actually got to leave, they were shaking, sweaty, with flu-like symptoms. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have that, but then there's a lot of people that don't. Most of the people that come in and I offer, do you want to participate in this health study? And I explain it. They are over the moon about it. They think it's cool because nobody really knows. What is this tattoo that I'm getting today? What is that going to do 30 years down the road for my immunity or if not anything, positive or negative? We don't know. We just want to find out. Um, I was also going to say something else um, (laughs) that you and I are a little different about, not to put you on the spot, but you're a mother. Yeah. I am not. And Mm -hmm. um, mothers are tough. And so (laughs) that's another thing that we we ask about in the surveys are things like, you know, your health Mm -hmm. histories because, you know, your lived experience, so everything you've dealt with up until now does affect your health. And so, like, if you had chicken pox as a kid, that might affect your health. If you've been um, immunized against certain things, that might affect you if you're a long-term smoker. Um, There are all kinds of things. And so in in that first survey that um, our clients are taking, like they're answering a lot of questions about that. So, and also, do you have tattoos? Like, you know, sometimes we have clients who come in who've never had a tattoo before and they're totally fine. Sometimes they come in and they feel really tired afterwards and that seems to be fairly normal. Um, But yeah, so we ask a lot of those kind of baseline questions to kind of see, because we're not just interested in like, you know, have you had a disease before? But yeah, so we, we are interested in that kind of a thing too. And then um, because the a couple of colleagues that I work with who are interested in the addiction and mental health aspect of it, we also ask questions like, how are you emotionally feeling about the tattoo? Because like, do you love it? You know, are you feeling really confident about this? Are you really tired? Would you rather not be awake today? It's very interesting. Again, never thought that I'd be talking about the subject. Tattoos and health mashed up together. Again, it's Corey and Brianna from Red Arbor Tattoos and also Professor Sage at the University of South Dakota. So once this research is complete, what's the goal here? You know, what happens after your research is is done? We all retire. And... We drink Mai Tais on the beach. Yep, we we all retired Costa Rica. And, um, well, but in all seriousness, as far as I can tell, and really this is up to to Corey and the artists that I'm working with, um, it somewhat depends on on whether they continue to let me hang around. Um, I hope so. (laughs) The way that I see it working with my students, this is is a really wonderful experience for me and for them um, because I use this... um, as an experience so that they get field training and so that they can produce work that they can claim to their name. And one of the policies that I have is when I have students who do research, their names are first when it comes down to titles and collaboration and all of that. And I also include the names of the artists on those that kind of work. Um, and so one of the goals of this is so that my students, because they go in and they work with the clients and with the artists, is that they will go to conferences um, and present their work. And I actually had a couple who did that uh, this past year, and they're going to do the same thing at the Plains Anthropology Conference this October out in Rapid City. Mm-hmm. And so part of the goal is that they present the data um, and the research at these big conferences that they will produce papers that will get into top journals that will turn into podcast episodes mm-hmm. that will turn into um, you know available 
articles for other people. And that's sort of the professional side of it is to give them the elevated experience they need to become professionals in my discipline and then promote their careers. It helps me too. But mostly it's it helps with them and it helps with Chris's students who are doing the same thing on his end um, in Alabama. And of course, the entire um, you know scientific team. And as for the artists, I, I hope that it helps them in some way, because that's also a goal. If at any point it doesn't help them anymore, then that's another discussion we can have. But I want to help the community as well so that they understand um, more about what's going on here so that we can also promote tattooing as an art form. Because my um, advisor from my PhD once said to me that tattoos um, back in his day um, were only on on sailors and criminals and such. But now everybody has tattoos, and I think it's important that, you know, as an inked person, as someone who has the privilege of working with artists, to promote their art and also to promote the fact that tattoos are for everybody. And briefly just say how the research is going right now. It's it's pretty, like, there. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I think it's just good. I will. I do want to add, though, because I think it is good. You know, Corey has started this business, and it's not like Sage was kind of referencing. This is not your biker, you know, street shop yeah. where you're going to come in, and that's not what we represent. We want to give each customer a memorable experience, but we want that customer, like when you go get your hair done, like that's your hair lady. Mm-hmm. We want that same with the artist too. So the more information we have about a health study with tattoos, if we know we have a client that's going to suffer from this, what can we do on our end to make sure when that client does come in, they are 100% comfortable and that they know, like artist knows that I suffer with this, you know, immunity response yeah. after. And I mean, like just making sure that the customer knows that we know (laughs) and that we can make this experience Mm -hmm. a little bit better for them, even if that means doing a health study and figuring out what's what. (laughs) So in terms of how how are things going? Well, everything is a work in progress, as per usual. We should should just accept that that's all that we are, are these glorified works in progress. Um, But so for the past year, we've been doing a lot of preliminary data collection and sort of troubleshooting because, as, as I explained earlier, I... I mainly work with people who um, have been deceased for a very long time, although recently I've started working with with the living. This has been a new learning experience for me in terms of like, you know, protocols and learning how how to issue surveys and how to get survey responses. Um, And so the past year has been largely figuring out the the kinks in, in the system. And I think we're pretty close to getting that all figured out. And so, um, as of right now, we have preliminary data that's been presented at conferences by my students that show some really interesting results. And so what we're doing now is we're reformatting the surveys to go out to the shops that have agreed to work with us to continue to collect data that um, we will resume doing this fall once the students come back from break. I hate to cut off this conversation because it, it's all very interesting. I'm still very intrigued and have a lot more questions about it. But again, it's Corey and Brianna from Red Arbor Tattoos and Sage. Now, if anybody has any questions about your research, Sage, or about Red Arbor or what you guys are doing right now, what are the websites people can check out? Um, well, ours is redarbortattoo.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always, you know, if you're interested in participating in the study, um, obviously you have to come in the shop. So, <laughs> I mean, people can always send an email to, to redarbortattoo at gmail.com if they have more questions about it. Uh, as far as Sage's side, send a raven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, so largely any questions that um, are about the study, um, definitely get in touch with the shops. And um, if you are interested in being part of the study, um, but you happen to be in the T in Sioux Falls area, obviously Red Arbor or Atomic Robot, um, or if you're heading out west to Rapid City, Ethan and Annie Anderson have a shop called Dark Wave, um, and they have also been awesome in being part of the study. And so um, they they also are participating now, if you want to get in touch with me and ask me questions, um, <laughs> it's actually a little harder to do. Um, I do have a faculty page through the University of South Dakota where I believe my professional email is available. Um, certainly, if you have a question about the study, you can contact me there. Um, if you do decide to be part of the study and you do the first survey, the first part is a consent form that includes contact information for me, um, for my colleague, Dr. Christopher Lynn at the University of Alabama, where he's leading his branch of the research. And so you can contact us um, through that information. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the best way to do it. But yeah, just send a raven. I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, the three of you, for being in the studio today and giving us a little bit of insight about tattoos and our health. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Corey and Brianna from Red Arbor Tattoos and Professor Sage from the University of South Dakota for joining us this morning. Once again, if you have questions about tattoos and your health, you can visit redarbortattoo.com for more information. Join us again next week for another edition of Sunday Focus. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.